Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman, and if you don't know me, I am a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship, and I'm here to help validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Today, I'm going to talk about some feelings to be aware of if you are sort of starting a new relationship with someone. Um, and, uh, you know, if these feelings come up, you might want to look into it a little bit more. (laughs) Um, let's see. I literally just recorded another episode before this. I've kind of got some free time this afternoon and I thought I would go ahead and get some of my, uh, you know, list checked off for, um, recordings that I want to do for all of you. So I just did a struggle and a success. Um, but I'm going to share one that's kind of not necessarily about, um, abuse recovery, but it kind of ties in. So, um, when I was visiting my family last week in Indiana, my dog ran away. The dog sitter just left the back door open for both of my dogs so that they could go potty, um, and wouldn't potty on the floor. Cause come to find out they weren't actually taking care of them. They would show up for like three minutes, like as if they were, I don't know, a bearded dragon or something. <laughs> like I would even spend that lo- like longer than that if it was a cat and I'm not a cat person, but Hey, I digress. Um, so my dog got out, she dug a hole into the fence and she ran away and she was running free outside in town, crossing streets. You know, so she's out overnight, um, for over 24 hours, it was like probably 32 hours or something like that. Um, it was very stressful. Again, I was like 2,500 miles away. I posted on Facebook that she was missing. And luckily the people in town were like, Oh, I saw her over there. I saw her over here. So we're like kind of getting clues of where she was. And finally at night, um, someone saw her really close to my house. I was like, Oh my gosh, she's almost home. I ended up seeing on her, her on like the front door camera and someone was able to come and, and get her really quickly. And I did have someone else come get the dogs and keep them, um, for the next like five, the last like five days or so of my trip so that I knew they would be safe. I was like, dog sitter. I know that like you quote unquote didn't mean for this to happen, but you're out. Um, so that was a struggle. That was a very real struggle. It was a very hard day. Um, and part of that struggle and the reason why I'm going to say it does kind of tie into my abuse recovery is that this is the dog. A lot of, you know, Pip, um, from my birthday video. And I've also made some other content about how abusers will use dogs as pawns to control you, to keep you around, um, to devalue you, the love that you want from them, uh, or from the dog. They're like, well, the dog's giving the love to me and, um, I'm giving my love to the dog and no one's loving you. You're useless. Bye. Um, you know, they'll, they'll steal your dog. They'll do all kinds of stuff. And so I've made a lot of content about her. She's in a lot of my stuff on Instagram. So a lot of you know her. Um, and that was a real struggle because I was afraid I was going to lose her. Um, after all of that, after almost losing her a year ago and, you know, thinking I was going to have to have the police go and get her from my abuser. And then someone was able to get her and my other old dog who they had said they were going to send to the pound. Uh, you know, I have these dogs and I do love to travel. So unfortunately, in order to do that, um, a lot of times my son's dad will watch them, but he travels a lot for work too. So, you know, I have to hire someone or, you know, have a friend watch them or something like that. And so it was quite a roller coaster, but that is going to be also the success is that she's home. I'm looking at her right now. She's sleeping on the bed over there. She actually was in the start of my last video. Um, but yeah, that was a wild ride wild ride. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So let's dive in. I, I kind of made a list. Um, if, if you know me, I don't usually make lists. I'm not, I, I'm usually just kind of like, you know, going off the cuff here when I come on here and talk to all of you, but I want to talk about some of the feelings that I felt really early on in my relationship and, um, in this book I'm reading again, I did not ask Dr. McAvoy if I could talk about her book. I'm not, again, I'm not going to give details, but love you more. This is what I'm reading right now. So this is what I'm thinking about. Um, but the things that she felt early on as I'm reading this book and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so relatable. It's so eerie. And a lot of you say that to me too. It's like, I'm talking about you. Like I've been watching you in your life and your story and I'm sharing your story when really they're all kind of similar. They can be very different, but they can be very similar. Um, so the first feeling that I thought of that I felt strongly, um, and some of this might sound a little bit embarrassing or like, like, Oh, I should be ashamed that I ever felt this way. Um, and you might feel that way too, but this is something that, you know, I've been thinking about a lot in terms of where I was when I met my abuser and how vulnerable I was and how I was unhappy with my previous relationship and all of that stuff. Um, but I felt like I was being saved. So if this person comes along and you know, you're at your lowest, most often, some of you might be like, well, I was doing pretty good. Most often we're hitting rock bottom. In fact, if you watched my interview with Natalia, she talks about when her abuser comes along and, um, you know, her abuser, just like mine had known her for a year. They were in the same work. They were in the same workspace, just like I was with mine and they're watching you and they're waiting for that vulnerable time in your life to be a, like, I got you now. I'm going to save you. I'm going to be the one to come along and like, you're an easy target essentially. And some narcissists will argue with that, that they don't do that. Um, but I've seen a pattern and a lot of people say that they do. So I don't know, take it, take it for what it is. But I felt like I was being saved. I felt like with my sexuality as a queer person who hadn't been living as a queer person, I thought I was queer. If you don't know my story, I thought I was queer. And then I backpedaled when I met my son's dad and was like, I guess I'm not. And then during that relationship, I was really grappling with it. And like, I got, you know, I don't know. And then finally at that point in time, I was coming out and I was ready to date um, a, another queer person. And I felt like I was being saved in terms of my sexuality, which in reality that was used to torture me for two and a half years. It was not fun. It was not like, and, and I have talked about this before, but if you are, I apologize for my straight folks, but if you are a queer person coming out later in life, coming out after having kids, coming out after a straight marriage, you are highly susceptible to having an abusive, come, abusive person come along and save you. Um, in fact, I'm working with, um, we haven't really put it out there yet, but I'm working with Trey from, I was like, yo, Trey on, uh, some support for queer people who come out because we realize how similar our stories are in terms of coming out late and uh, being swept up and abused by someone. But I feel like I was being saved. I feel like I was being saved from my unhappy marriage from like, it was just this, like, um, well, my dog had just passed away in a, in a horrible way. So they were coming in, they were supporting me quote unquote at this time when I was all alone taking care of a, an 18 month old, wasn't getting any sleep. I was depressed because my dog was unalived by another animal. I watched it happen. 
Um, there was all of this stuff going on and they were saving me. They were coming in, they were helping me get rest. They were helping me go out, like get out of the house and laugh and dance and have some drinks and do all this stuff and helping me with my son. And like, oh my goodness, they were saving me. Nobody should be saving you. And some of you are going to argue with me. And some of you are going to be like, actually, I was saved by this person. This person saved me. Save yourself. Save yourself. I saved myself. I will still say, like, there are a couple people who their words or their, um, their validation of what I was going through, they experienced the same thing from the same, per like different people that I'll say that person saved me, or I'll say that my son saved me. I saved us. He helped, she helped, but I saved us. You can save you. I know it's hard. I know that like, you know, humans, like where we come from tribes, we come from, you know, whatever we're used to having people. Um, we don't have those villages anymore. We don't, a lot of us don't. I mean, I'm white, as you can see. I'm like, I'm from the culture where everyone's like each man for their own. I'm not going to take, you know, care of my grandparents. I'm not going to take care of my parents. I'm not like that. But like, um, we've come so far from that, but still like a lot of us are afraid of being alone. We don't want to be alone. We don't want to save ourselves. We're like waiting for someone to come along and save us. But that's really dangerous because that person's going to look for what it is that you're lacking. They're going to ask you. They're going to watch you. They're going to figure out what it is that you want. And they're going to give that to you. And you're going to feel like you're being saved. Me, if, if I was going to date and I'm not dating, I am single by choice for a little over a year now, that person isn't going to save me. And even if it like, let's say I find this person, I want to be with them forever, which I cannot imagine that right now. And so if you're like me, you're not alone. And I'm with that person for 20 years or 30 years. And I, at 30 years or 20 years, I look back and I'm like, that person they kind of did like, again, I, I saved myself, but like I could have this sentiment of, they just brought so much to my life. They brought me a sense of safety. They brought me like, I could be myself, all of that. Wow. How amazing. I didn't think that was possible, but I don't want to feel like they saved me. I hope you can see the difference there because like, we're all like, we're, we're like watching, like or reading these Nicholas Sparks novels and we're watching these Disney movies and we're doing all this stuff. And society is telling us that we're supposed to be like, we are literally supposed to be this damsel in dis distress. I apologize if you're a man or non-binary or transgender. Um, and so you're not in that princess role, or even if you're just like masculine presenting, you're like, no, I was relating to the, the savior, you know, whatever. But, um, we're just like, we're just, yeah, from you know, this big, we're like, someone's going to save you. You're going to have a hard life. And someone's going to climb that tower, climb your hair up that tower and save you. Like, no, watch out for that feeling. Number two, you've never felt like this before, or they're telling you they've never felt like this before. Those two things. Mm -mm, no, if you're feeling like, and again, y'all are going to argue with me. Y'all are going to be like, when I found my person, I never felt like that before. Like there is truth to the fact that if you are used to unhealthy relationships, and you've only known chaos and then you finally do meet someone and they're healthy. You've never felt like this before. And you're probably bored. You're probably bored. You're probably waiting for the next shoe to drop because you don't know that feeling. So you have never felt like that before. But if you're sitting here and all of a sudden it's this massive rush of emotion. Again, I've talked about this, this you know, this is an abuse tactic, the love bombing. If you are on a pedestal, if all the milestones are being met, in five minutes, they've said, I love you. You've had all the sex. You've everything, everything's happening. You're sleeping at your house. You're doing all this stuff. And again, as a queer person, lesbians, come on, you got to see it for what it is. I know some of y'all are going to be like, I hate her. She's 
is better. But that whole, like, I've never felt like this before. And I've seen people multiple times, like multiple relationships. I've never felt like this before. What's different with this one? I've never, like, calm down. I don't ever want to feel like that again. I don't ever want to be like, I've never felt like this before. I want to just be like, I feel safe. I feel this is cool. I don't feel any pressure. I like this person, but it feels calm. Like, I don't want that feeling. Um, I may add a little bit more to that. These, some of these kind of really like tie in um, that feeling of like this person is the one. And again, this does tie in with the whole like you're being saved. You've never felt like this before. And I know, and I, I, I keep saying this, but y'all are going to argue with me because some of you do, some of you do find this person that you want to be with and like your relationship isn't perfect and you're able to be honest about that. And you're like, yeah, we both have trauma. Yeah. Sometimes we annoy each other. Yeah. Like awesome. That's your person. But again, we are fed this tale that there is the one person. I don't believe that. And I felt like this was the person who like, this was the reason why I wasn't helping other relationships. And part of that was, was like, oh, this is a queer relationship. And so this is what I was lacking in so many other relationships was this connection with another queer person. Um, and it was like, you know, that, that because they come along and they mirror you. And like I said, they're figuring out what it is you want and need. And they're giving you everything and tricking you into thinking that they are your soulmate and your perfect match. If you're thinking really, really early on, this is my soulmate. This is my perfect match. Watch out for that feeling. Like just take a breather. And I actually, I, I tend to tell people that, you know, if someone comes along and they are the one, then you have the rest of your lives. You have the rest of your lives to feel these feelings, to share these moments, to move in together, to spend 24 seven together, um, to do all the things. What's the rush? What's the rush? Um, you feel like it's a forest fire. And I did a whole, I did a whole episode. It's a very short one. It's like seven minutes. And it's like, um, you know, the relationship feels like a forest fire or something like that. Um, but I remember I wrote in my journal, like you burned through me like forest fire. And it was this image that I constantly had in the early days where it was like, this person is just like, but it, at the time it felt like this passionate, like vivid, like intense feeling. It's intense. You burn through me like a forest fire. But what happens when the forest fire ends? It's just a pile of rubble. It's ruin. It's done. There's nothing left to burn. The fuel is gone. It's ash. Smoldering piles of nothing. Okay, you get it. <laughs> I don't want that forest fire feeling. I want you to watch out for that feeling. Again, um, I guess I could have done an episode on like, I, I could have called it like green flags, red flags. I've kind of mixed the two or I'm contrasting the two, but it's like that green flag, the opposite of the forest fire is that slow burn, that long, slow burn where like I have told some people, like, again, you don't have to date every person that comes along, but sometimes when we're used to that chaos and someone comes along that feels safe, you're like, I feel like I'm not that interested in this person. We don't have any chemistry. Well, hold on a minute let it grow. Again, you don't have to date that person. It might not be the right fit for you. Like right fit. I don't even think that they might not be someone that you want to date. That's how, that's how much society's like language has gotten into our brains, but like, but give it a minute, 
Like, let yourself figure out if you actually aren't interested in pursuing them or if you're dismissing it because it's not a forest fire, right? If if you come near me and it feels like a forest fire at this point, although no one's, I will know before the forest fire even happens that you're not coming near me at this point. But like, I forgot what I was going to say. I got distracted. Yeah, I don't know. If someone comes, if someone comes and I feel like forest fire, which again, that's not happening. Um, I'm going to move the other way. I'm not going to lean into it. I'm not going to be like, head down. I can make it through this forest fire on the other side and I'll be on stage. Absolutely not. Um, the people I hang out with now, um, you know, again, I'm not like dating, but anyone who's anyone who's in my life in any capacity, whether it be a family member, a friend, you know, whoever, uh, I mean, even coworkers, if I feel calm nervous system around you and maybe you're not someone who I would have like relentlessly pursued in the past, you're good. You can stick around because my nervous system's chill. You're chill. We're good. Um, a sense of urgency or a fear that you'll lose them very early on. So again, you're dating someone like, okay, let's say I'm dating. Let's say I'm on this dating app and I'm, I'm, talking to someone we're in like talkies. I don't know what people call the talk talking stages. I haven't really done dating apps, but I've seen a lot of it on like TikTok and stuff. We're talking, the person ghosts me. I'm going to be okay. Right. I don't really know them. Well, me might not have liked that because I was a little more insecure. Like, why didn't they like me or whatever? Now I'm like, that's cool. Go on. You do you. Right. Um, but when we are talking to someone and then or I guess another option is like, you're talking to someone and you're both kind of just slowly, like neither one's pressuring the other. You're just kind of talking and it's not really, you're not like, let's hang out tomorrow, but you're also not ghosting each other. You're just kind of like hanging out. Okay, cool. Then there's this other option where maybe you meet that person or maybe they're pressuring you right away. There's a sense of urgency and you feel like if I don't make a move on this, if I don't like commit or cancel all my other plans to be with them or else like they're going to lose interest in me run for the hills. That, that intuition, that gut feeling that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm scared. I feel like they're not going to like me. I feel like they're putting that pressure on you. And again, yes, a lot of us have that fear of abandonment. We fear of rejection. We like, you know, we like want that person to like us. Right. But at the end of the day, if they don't like you, why do we want them? If they don't like you for who they, who you are and who you see, why do we want that? Why do we want to pursue that person? Why do we want to convince them that we're worth liking. Right. Um, but they will put a lot of, again, Natalia, who I just interviewed Dr. McAvoy's book, which is right in front of me, myself, many, many, many survivors will recall that feeling of, I felt like I had three minutes to make a choice. I felt like I had three minutes to leave the relationship I was in, or I was going to lose this person. I felt like I had three minutes to be like, okay, I'll cancel all my plans and spend the rest of my life with you, just you. And you know, it's going to be horrible eventually, but right now I don't feel like I have another option. So let's go. That's a horrible feeling. And nobody should ever be pressuring you to make that kind of choice that early. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are they doing? Again, if someone is good for you, healthy, safe, emotionally available, emotionally mature, healing, aware they're going to also feel like we have plenty of time for this. I really like you. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. When is a good time for you? 
well, that doesn't work for me. I actually have plans that night. When's the next good time for you? No urgency, no pressure, no guilt if you have something else going on. Again, if you watch the interview with Natalia, same boat. Oh, you have you you have plans with friends? What? I thought we were gonna hang out. You don't like me? I have I still have the messages from my abuser. I believe I did a whole episode. It was like day two of hanging out then. Maybe day three. I think it was day three of you know them storming off at the park because they heard another person say that they wanted to come to my house. Stormed off, left without a word. You see me like reaching out, like, hey, is everything okay? Again, major red flag. If that happened to me now, I would probably just never talk to that person again. Or I would be like, that was incredibly immature of you. And unfortunately, that's not the kind of person I want to be about. I w- around. I wish you the best. I hope that whatever's going on with you, I probably wouldn't even say more than that. Because I would just be like, I don't, have, I don't have time for that, right? But at that time, I was like, uh-oh, I did something wrong. I better fix this. So, oh, sorry, I didn't realize it was a shaking table for my YouTube folks. So I'm going to wrap this up. I had a lot of coffee today and this actually got pretty passionate for me. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this is one of the things that I feel most passionate about is like those, um, those things that society has us feeling like is so normal, the, the fast pace, especially as queer people, um, poor communication, like tolerating certain things like that. Our parents and grandparents, everyone's like, yeah, that's normal. Oh, your dad, he does that. Oh, I do that. Oh, everyone. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's not like, this isn't fine. This isn't healthy. It isn't good. And I do, I get pretty passionate about it because I just want everyone to be safe. I want everyone to be careful. I want everyone to learn to not get into the situation that I was in. And I know that obviously a lot of you have, because I get messages every day. And I have, since I posted that stinking birthday video, it'll be a year ago in January that I posted that video. Um, I have a love hate with that video because my goodness, it's, if you haven't seen it, it's the perfect, perfect example of the body language of a person who has been abused and you know, what it looks like. And I also hate it and I can't stand watching it. And I don't like that song anymore. (laughs) Sorry, Adele. I don't like it. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to wrap this up. Um, I don't really have any announcements except for that. I'm hosting two trips next year. I try not to say it at the end of every single podcast, but if you're interested in traveling with me to another country, I've got Costa Rica in March. I've got Greece in August. I just went to be a safe, fun trip for survivors, for queer people, um, for anyone who otherwise might not feel comfortable traveling in that kind of setting. Um, if you like this episode and you want more from me, you can always find me at the Lindsay Goodman across all social media, except for I'm the Lindsay Goodman on TikTok. Um, uh, also, please rate, review, subscribe if you like this. Um, I would love to get this into the ears of the people who need this the most, and all of your interactions really help get this to those people. So thank you again. Thanks for hanging out with me. I always appreciate it. And I will be back next week with 